It's half of Face Off. We watched Spy, which means it's time for another Portland at the Movies. In a world, in a time, in a land of eternal beauty, all that stands between a city and a disaster, in a city where anything can happen. If you thought you had seen it all... Hello and welcome to another episode of Portland at the Movies. My name is Todd Workman. I am joined, as always, by Mark Middleton. How are you today, Mark? Hi, Todd. I'm doing really well. Good, good. And, of course, by Brian, the Unipiper Kid. How are you, Brian? Hey, Todd. I'm glad to be here in person with you. Yes. Yeah. And I'm is just this gonna... our first in person in three, in three, three years? years? I think so. Jeez. Yes. Yes. You are up here for the Movie Madness um uh, yes. VHS swapped this afternoon, which is pretty exciting. Which your tapes will be at, but you will not. I will not. I will not be there the whole time. But some of my some of my very own YouTube uh, tapes that I, found I mean, my Todd, channel. they should start uh, getting you as a guest at these VHS swaps in <laughs> character. So you can sign autographs. I can imagine that would make me the most hated person in VHS swapping <laughs> landscape of oh my Portland. Gosh, it would be so funny for you to go poser. in character and see if anyone like recognizes you. <laughs> the answer to that would be no. <laughs> I did wonder, I'm sitting here, uh, the movie is that we're, that we're watching with a, t- a TV movie uh, called Spy. Spy. Um, and I'm, I'm holding the VHS that Brian, you, you found somehow. Um, and it is the, just the blandest <laughs> spy, <laughs> just called spy. Um, but right. I did wonder if I should bring, um, my whole, cause I have our whole collection of Portland at the movies VHS. And at some point we do need to contact movie madness and give gift them our yes. permanent collection. And we could even give like a write up on, you know, all of them. Totally. Totally. Uh, if only to free up space in my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the movie, yes, the movie spy from 1989. I'm not sure what network USA it, USA. Okay. Um, starring Bruce Greenwood and Catherine Hicks. Um, which we'll be talking about more. A couple other people, uh, Bruce Greenwood, who I spoilers thought was terrible in this movie, uh, looked at his IMDb and he's one of those character actors that have been working constantly for the last 40 years. So I'm assuming he is really good, but for whatever reason, uh, this movie uh, fell a little flat, I think, but also someone that you recognize from the trailer, I think Brian Catherine Hicks. Yes. I recognize everyone in this movie from Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I saw yeah. Bruce Greenwood yeah. was Pike too. Yes, in the new Star in the, Trek. Yep. And, um, and, Bruce uh, Greenwood also in one of the In the Line of Duty movies. We had oh, In the Line of Duty, uh, Blaze of Glory, Blaze of Glory with uh, with Bruce Campbell, and this one was In the Line of Duty: The FBI Murders. Ooh. That was in 1989. Also in. The notorious, notoriously terrible "Swept Away" remake uh, with Madonna, who did it with Guy Ritchie, her husband at the time. Which do you recognize him from that? No, I've only seen it once, and even that was a painful experience. I did not care to go through ever again. I mean, Um, Bruce Greenwood has a hundred and fifty credits. It's insane, and like Like, even not like uh, you were saying, you recognized him from what Falcon and the Snowman or what? One of those? No, no, not Bruce Greenwood. uh, Jameson Parker from oh. Simon and Simon. He was oh, one oh, of the oh, Simons. Oh, okay. <laughs> was he Jake and or the fat man? <laughs> <laughs> um, Catherine Hicks, though, she was the uh, uh, Kirk's love interest in Star Trek IV. 
Okay, and she was also the mom in uh, Child's Play. Play. And yeah, she's another one that she has been all over. And we'll talk about her more too, but she was phenomenal in this movie. I Every time she was on the screen, I was like, she is not only in a different movie, she's just on a different plane of existence <laughs> with the material that she's giving and how compelling she is as, as a person. And maybe that was just in... In contrast to the animated cardboard that <laughs> was Bruce Greenwood in this movie. Um, but Brian, here's the uh, VHS tape if you wanted to yep. read it or if you just wanted to no, I, summarize it. I can confirm. This is the VHS tape that I purchased off of eBay. I had a safe search for like uh, three or four years and it finally popped up. Oh, funny. Um, and I don't... It, I came across it uh, in our search for Portland movies and couldn't find it anywhere online, so I knew it existed on VHS, and here we are. Um, apparently, they could only afford uh, one word uh, for the title in, in this movie, so they went with Spy. Not the worst. They probably could have done better, no, too. There are a lot of movies made, named Spy. Uh, let's see. Okay, Spy. A former CIA agent's pass is catching up with him, and so are the people he left behind. Richard Burke was once a member of an ultra-secret U.S. espionage unit, but now he's starting over. Plastic surgery gives him a new look. A chance friendship leads to a new career, but none of Burke's changes can alter what he knows. That's why his former superiors are determined to drive him underground permanently. Bruce Greenwood, Catherine Hicks, Michael Tucker, Jameson Parker, and Ned Beatty star in this spine-tingling thriller. If you're on a reconnaissance mission for crisp, intricately plotted excitement, you'll find it in the life... In a and different movie. <laughs> you'll find it in the life and deadly times of a spy. Wow. That sounds much more exciting than the movie we are presented. Oh uh, There's another gosh. name in there you did... Um, you did say with Michael Tucker, who uh -huh. his name I didn't recognize, but he is one of the guys that was on L.A. Law for a long time. And then Ned Beatty uh, shows up in this movie, too. Um, but yeah, is this and maybe it's just because of the glut of these TV movies that they are sort of washing over each other in my in my head, but also just. As a genre, I guess I'm finally internalizing that it is meant to be half paid attention to maybe and not like for your full like I'm sitting down here to really open things and like really <clears throat> well, have to focus. I, I think this one in particular was particularly bland. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it's there's also the era that it was made in this was right after iran contra hit okay and the the whole Espionage. nation was fixated on south america drama with united states military arms people rescues like and so they they're trying to capitalize on all that okay that makes sense yeah okay A and this didn't work <laughs> It didn't. Uh, well, know, I would. I would. It, it was like the Lego building blocks were all there, and they like made a monster. Right. <laughs> what, did, what did we watch last month? 
It was also made for TV. Well, I guess I have it here. I remember us talking about why I have one page of notes. Wow. Why my daughter? Why my daughter? Moment of truth. Why my daughter? Right. Why my daughter? So it's before that child of darkness, child of light, and then murder. C O D. Like all of these. Remember any of those movies? (laughs) And then slapped, which we all remember and will remember forever. (laughs) Say what you will about slapped, and we will. Okay. At least we remembered it. I. I will give up on this made-for-TV train. It is <laughs> I was not taking say, us You've had anywhere. a low-grade kind of obsession <laughs> with it, but I'm wondering if, like Mark, you said, you, this movie didn't work, and it it doesn't. But at, for its genre, does this work? And like I said, I think this genre is the I'm folding laundry, and the kid was totally. running around over there, totally. and totally. And you know, and and the actor was was kind of a pretty face, but was just. A, uh, uh, Keanu Reeves in in <laughs> everything old, in, except in, in, a everything couple movies he's really movies good in, where they just move him around and and have him say a line and then like well so yeah, so um this VHS tape I I ripped and put up on YouTube and I started watching it and oh, wait we should also uh, clarify this was new in package. Oh, uh, that's right. I did have to. to I even had to off. cut the little, I think, Paramount seal thing yeah. that was on that. So this is a brand crisp, new old stock. <laughs> and so I sit down to watch it. And if I mean, you're old, familiar with old VHS tapes, they sometimes have static, but then they also have the like that, yeah, like on the audio track. And it was so loud that I could not hear the dialogue for the first twenty five minutes. And I'm like, I kept thinking it would go away. Yeah, here's a. The whole movie. (laughs) (laughs) And so I sat down and I was like, this is incomprehensible. And so I ripped a new copy and stood there as it began and ran the tracking or whatever, but then just left it in the other room. And so when I sat down to rewatch, I'm like, thank goodness we won't have to listen to that hum. And this is about 10% of what it was. Oh my God. But wow. I, yeah. So it lasted, it did last the whole time. I probably could have ridden the, <laughs> ridden the tracking, but I, yeah, it was in the other room. That's gotta be just like the condition the tape was stored in. Or yeah, yeah, it totally could yeah. be. There's sometimes there's no fixing those. But like I said, the first time I watched it, I didn't really glean anything audibly from when I was watching it the first time. And so I had no idea this movie was about like getting a new face. (laughs) (laughs) And so like when he shows up to um, Catherine Hicks's, his ex-wife's apartment at night and like puts his hand over her head, her face or whatever. And she's like, who are you? After they've had the conversation, like I'm your husband or whatever. And she looks at me like, who? are you i'm like what am i watching what and so it took me a long time to figure out he was a new face they they also premised that uh you just a couple scenes before at the museum where he sees her she looks straight in his eyes and then just keeps walking okay i was at the museum as as we all know if you try to catch her at the offices and she's not there her secretary will say oh it's her volunteer day at the museum it's like, do you want her number? Dude, yeah. <laughs> Grief. Like, Play this is closer to privacy. the chest. Yeah, you can't, you can't just announce when people, where people are if they're not there. Um, <laughs> Although Todd, I think that you may have discovered a uh, a new way that we should watch these movies. Maybe we should just watch the video isolated and then just listen to the audio isolated <laughs> and see if we have two different experiences. <laughs> listen to the audio as a podcast and then <laughs> put the put it on, put the movie on with different music. Um, but yeah, and I guess, I guess we keep saying since this is, and like we've had 
stars like Mary Tyler Moore and Ed Asner and Bruce Campbell and Lori Lott, like all these people that are very good actors and have been good actors for decades. And all of these movies are just kind of a half inflated balloon. And I'm wondering if that's just, that's what this genre is. And it's purposefully, it's purposefully like that. that I mean, I think we're becoming aficionados of the genre and we have only (laughs) been watching movies filmed in Portland. Like, can you imagine if if this was a made for TV movie podcast? <laughs> it is pretty shocking, and they all Chicago all the ones you the movies. <laughs> uh, all all of the ones you find are all about that same range too, from like nineteen eighty seven to nineteen ninety two or something like that. Yeah, right. I, I wonder if, if Portland was uh, chosen more for a particular reason. For there must have just been a good movies? incentive or good incentives. Uh, it's in the same time zone as Los Angeles. Oh sure. Uh, it's not a terrible trip to go up to Portland but you're still isolated uh you know you you have the all the Portland things from the beach to the mountains and mm. everything in between yeah and so it, it was fairly uh, a a big city that wasn't Los Angeles you're right. able to film almost anything like, yeah and it's not Seattle if you're teenage and... mutant ninja turtles you can film like you're doing ancient China you know and uh, or Mongolia right here on the beach <laughs> right here on the beach and you can cross the Hawthorne Bridge get to Astoria <laughs> right exactly exactly and so we have a lot of topography and and diversity yeah uh, and that, I mean once producers I mean I'm we should probably at some point I wish there was an algorithm that we just put all these movies into and it would make all the connections for us yeah. because they're could be a common producer too, and they just had a good relationship with whatever whoever was at Oregon Film or, or doing that at that time, and it was just kind of the place to go. It makes sense though that it's the same time zone and and all yeah, of that. just straight shot up by five, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, totally. So do uh, you kind of read us what this was about? But no, I did. Uh, you did, <laughs> kind of. Or was it that it just slid out of my brain already? So yeah, it, it opens up with a guy that's going to assassinate. Uh, we're in South America or Central America somewhere, and we see um, we see a guy with a, a sniper rifle aiming at this other a guy. That's right. The first like three minutes of this film are just filmed through a, a scope. A scope. Lens. Yes, as the credits roll, we're just watching a guy and his wife through a uh, a scope, and then there's a clear shot. But then the guy decides not to take it for some reason. Then we see the guy just like walk into the little there's like a tiny little mexican or not mexican a central or south american town that he just kind of wanders into in broad daylight and a massacre in comes out of nowhere with this town that seems to have like maybe the bad guy lives there or whatever but it's not like a town full of drug mules or anything they're just like people going about their way and they slaughter these people in a way that like for a tv movie i found was pretty shocking not just to see like grandma's blown away but then like people are openly wailing and weeping <laughs> what are you we gotta watching? have a hook you gotta have a hook <laughs> And this literally was, you know, first three, you know, three minutes into the movie. Yeah. And it was so quick. By the end of the movie, I'd forgotten that it had even I, happened or that I was watching. I that, totally forgot that it happened. That movie. Um, so I wasn't quite sure why he didn't take the sniper shot. But then in town, the shoot, I think. So is the the thing in town, the thing he's trying to run? Because then he needs to disappear. After this all happens, he he survives the slaughter in Central America. Then we see him back with L.A. Law and L.A. Law is like, get a new face. And he's like, all right. Yeah, he wants out of the trade. 
Right. Oh, kind of like um, uh, um, the one with the crazy airplane uh, director. Um, Fatal Revenge? No, the, the, the guy that we uh, went to. A co- Courier of Death. Courier of Death. Right. Yeah, right. It wasn't the plot of that where oh, he yeah, wants. There we go. He, yes, Courier of Death. Um, wasn't the plot of that where the guy wants out of his line of Probably, work? Probably. And yeah. they keep pulling him back in. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, I think One that's last a lot. drop. Yeah. One last. I'm too old for this shit. You know who is in this movie? Uncle Leo from Seinfeld. He's the doctor that is going to do the face transformation or whatever at the beginning. Mm. Oh, the gets, and then he gets killed. Yeah, he's the crazy old uncle in, in Seinfeld. And I was like, Uncle Leo! <laughs> so that was exciting. <laughs> Brian, you sent a... a um, that's that guy? Yeah, that's Uncle Leo. Uncle Leo. Um, you sent a screen grab. <laughs> that's <laughs> my favorite part of this movie. That took me a little bit to understand. So why don't you... <laughs> Why don't you walk us walk us through that? Okay, yeah, we're looking at a screen grab of what I'm thinking is Reed College because yeah, in my yeah, head, totally is Reed in College. my head, everything now that looks like that is Reed College, right, yeah. um, and he's at this little newspaper vendor vending machine, and the newspaper machine is is yellow with a black stripe. Yeah. So the the and then it's got uh, it's it's your typical uh, pay uh, newspaper uh, self serve kiosk thing, um, and then it's got a little coin box on top. So you, you know, it, in a way, it kind of looks like a little robot um, with a head, <laughs> and the it, it's all yellow with a black stripe, which kind of makes it look like Charlie Brown's T-shirt. <laughs> and the angle, we've got our uh, main star reaching in to pull out a paper, and as he's doing that, he's holding the lid of the um, paper uh, box against his like uh, waist, yeah. and it looks like <laughs> robotic Charlie Brown <laughs> is just going. To town ple- pleasuring uh, our main star on the campus of reed <laughs> now that's a movie i i wouldn't full on i would put my laundry down and watch i was watching it and then just like paused it for whatever reason at that moment and that and that's what my screen was on and I was that like, is so funny. oh my god <laughs> so you will have to post that image with, yes uh, i'll have with to this episode. do it a rocking back and forth gif like mark was this doing is, this is Maybe this was Johnny Four. <laughs> Johnny Six Nine. Johnny Six Nine. Well, speaking oh. of Reed, why don't we talk about some of the um, locations here? Yeah. So there was Reed. Um, they had a big conversation by a staircase, like an outdoor staircase at the beginning. And yeah. I think that's Reed as well. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, because they turn from that staircase and. So they they're on that staircase and, and they, they walk, turn and oh, that's Reed. Oh, so, okay. So I behind Reed is kind of a, a gully with a little river through it and it's got some uh, stairs and and trails back there. And okay. so I I'm sure that that's what. And there is. was also there's also a boys and girls club type thing that is taking place outside of what looks like a school of some sort that I didn't recognize. I didn't recognize it either. Didn't recognize I wonder if school. it's been torn down now. That gave me a very north northeast vibe but to some of those houses. When they showed it at the very end, I swear I recognized a building in the background as being from Belmont. Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm going to look up where that was because it was huge. It wasn't obviously built for built for this there was also a series of at the end of like they're driving and they come to like this huge grass area and then there's like these thatched roof 
Tibetan oh, buildings right. of some sort. They were sort. like round with a yeah, and they were like all cone, hooked together, cone shaped roof. I had no idea. I'm gonna have to ask where that was. I'm sure. I, yeah, that was baffling because yeah, just huge expanse of lawns and like a weird out I've of place. Never seen anything like that. In Portland. Super interesting. They go to the art gallery and they uh, were yes. finally on the on the, the, the park art blocks up there. The art museum. Yep. Um, Saturday Market. We get an exciting scene filmed during during Saturday Market. Saturday that Market, neat. which that was actually neat. Yeah, and the Foley artists had to recreate it as the farmers market. And so, if you listen to the background, they're like cucumbers. <laughs> get your cucumbers. No. And, oh yeah, t- totally. They're, they're it's all about vegetation in the background. That's awesome. But they're walking through the arts area of Saturday Market, which has not like a vegetable in sight. purses and <laughs> totally. quartz earrings. Yeah. Cuz cuz when they when they were things uh, made of spoons. <laughs> totally. When they were uh, lining, organizing uh, to meet up there, they were calling it the, the farmer's, farmer's market. market right. Farmer's market. And then thankfully, they were able to park right there in the middle of <laughs> the farmer's market and just drive when they needed to. But it was neat. Yeah, I was like, they didn't hire this many extras. No, and it then, was done during. And it was done pretty well because no one was like looking at the camera and yeah. like everything. So that was pretty impressive. Um what else was the uh was the red lion at jansen beach in there oh there was a as what towards the beginning uh where they're at a building that looks like it's on the river and it looks kind of like a hotel with Um, all the white um condo because there's a place down like the spaghetti factory area (laughs) or off of macadam right that is condos that have those white square that it could have been so i'm thinking that's what that's what where that was um um, are you talking about this this little zone? You know, this is at Saturday no, Market area. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. that was Square. the impressive oneer that they did. That was like a five minute walking downtown. Every all the men in this are wearing Cosby sweaters, like <laughs> thick woven <laughs> materials, and and they do never say Portland here. So it's no. I was trying to. I, there was, and they name streets that I don't think exist here, like Beachwood, <laughs> yeah. Beach, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was a disappointment. Um, I was wondering if it was supposed to be like Los Angeles because at one point they called the the doctor that gets killed. They called him like the doctor to the stars. Oh, you're right. I do remember that. The facial doctor, Uncle Leo, Uh uh, (laughs) surgeon to the stars. Um, And the the old Fox Theater. Is that Fox Fox Theater Theater still there or not? Um, It's there. It's something else now. Okay. But uh, yeah, that was neat to to see. So there were some good locations. but other than that, oh the uh, the Skyline Tavern. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. that was great. Visit. Where again, the level of violence that just popped out of nowhere. They lit that guy up. Uh, they totally at did. Skyline and then drove away. <laughs> like wow, I forget. Yeah, that was that was cool. So this is the clip of uh, them at Saturday Market, the the oh, farmers okay. market. Fresh melons. Fresh melons. Fresh melons. Strawberry. Strawberry. <laughs> Fresh fruit. That is great. What a great catch that wow. was. Good job, Mark. Wow. That's amazing. Um, there is a couple couple times where people are talking to our main guy. Is his name Eric? 
our main character no face switch why did i write uh, richard burke oh richard, richard burke. wow that is richard. not eric at all <laughs> maybe i heard burke and my head turned that richard into error so richard burke who is the one who didn't take the sniper shot at the beginning then comes back and has to go into witness protection or that version of gets a f- total face swap uh looking great looking young apparently to the ex-wife um not a scar on him they just john travolta style like unbuckled it around the edges and just lifted your full face off and i'm trying to figure out the timeline because because the the time between that initial uh you know the opening scene where he's got the old face yeah and uh and there's like well, she's been gone for a year, but then when she's asked about about the ex, she's like, "Well, it's been years." And I guess in my head was, it was something like five or ten years, maybe. I have no reason to think yeah. that at all, but I I did think there was a more. Well, maybe I didn't. Maybe <laughs> I thought there was a. I, I was figuring at least a year, I guess. Yeah. But why he would why he would relocate right next to his wife or his ex wife. In the same town, and and engages with like her and her know, new boyfriend. Yeah, uh, volunteer work and and everything. It, it yeah shows up at her job. <laughs> he's he's all sorts of red flags. But a couple of times, um, the things that people say to him, he's talking to an old friend um, at the beginning, I think the guy from LA law and they're talking about the ex-wife and how he had gone through a hard time or whatever. And LA law goes, um, she made you an emotional cripple. And I'm like, she's Louise guy, like settle down. And then when he's talking to his, his uh, ex-wife at some point, the ex-wife said, um, no, he said to his ex-wife about the divorce, you hated what I stood for. You said you didn't even want to have kids with someone like me. And I'm like, that is, guy is just getting savaged Hammered, right? everywhere. You don't, you hated what I stand for. So I couldn't figure out why they were like. Yeah, there, that was never explained what the, what the, trauma, you know. <laughs> Maybe he went through some psychological therapy when he was healing with his new face. Um, so he becomes a new face guy. He lives in, of course, one of those beautiful Portland lofts that apparently don't exist anymore. Right. The, the, those lofts that uh, are in just about 15% of all the movies we watch on this yeah, show. Yeah. Lofts, maybe that's why it was so popular. Loft space was just like on sale to, to shoot at during the late 80s. But he is now an artist, question mark. He, he paints, but he yeah. doesn't want anyone to see or know or hear or acknowledge that he paints. Right. Um, and so he's painting in his new fantastic loft with his shredded body. I don't know if they gave him a new body too, but when he, he wakes up with a bandage on his face, I'm like, geez, for someone who's been literally bedridden for however long it takes to heal from a face transplant, you're ripped. He's a spot taking care of taking advantage of that physical therapy. So here's the building that I thought might've been the, uh, red line, but I don't think it is looking at it now. Oh, yeah. I think those are some condos that overlook. They're just south of Spaghetti Factory, yeah, I think. I think you're right. Um, but um, where was I? Oh, so he's painting and he hears a knock at his. No, he hears a commotion down the hall and he opens the door and there's like a door to door salesman looking guy getting thrown out of a neighbor's apartment and he gets thrown to the floor 
and then stands up and starts, oh, I think maybe sees the paintings behind. Well, didn't he get like thrown into Richard's apartment? Maybe or up at the door. So I can't remember how it transpired, but the door was open, I think. And then the the salesman guy notices all of his his figure drawings behind him and starts. He says he looks at it and it's like a, a, a picture of a, of a lady's face. And he says, oh, wow, you know, I like all this stuff. That's the first human being I've seen in a picture all day. What does that mean? <laughs> So he's what? he's been curating what? a lot of art. He just wanted to like, and and at the end of the scene, somebody is bringing art down the hallway, yeah. and he points it out and goes, "Look, no, <laughs> no people." Yeah. So he so is he going door to door asking if people are artists? Why was he getting thrown out of the neighbor's apartment? I don't think he's going blind. I think he has a list of artists that he's going Maybe to. Maybe that was an artist building or something like that. Um, I just, that was the crazy. That is weird. The, that is the first, the first human being I've seen in a picture all day is just a weird <laughs> sentence to say. So he asks um, Richard Burke, you know, can I do an interview? Oh, he was some sort of journalist too. He's like, I'm. I can get you a write-up in the, like, whatever, Starving yeah. Artist Weekly or whatever. And Richard Burke is like, nope, I, I don't want anyone to see or hear or do anything that, or what, I want to be secret or whatever. Then we see Richard Burke sitting on a park bench by this school. We don't know what it is yet, but there's some kids playing outside. And he's sitting on the bench on the sidewalk in his Cosby sweater, his beautiful knit sweater. It's probably 90 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And he's kind of there. He's got a pen and paper. And so the kids kind of come over and like, what are you doing over here? And he shows them that he's been drawing, um, drawing their uh, uh, sketching them as they were uh, playing basketball or whatever. And then that art guy, the art salesman shows up, walks down the sidewalk and he's like, oh, hey, I saw you yesterday. This is my boys and girls club. And these are my kids. And the kids kind of gather around um, Richard Burke. Wait, is that right? Yeah. Richard Burke? Why does that sound like... Well, you <laughs> wanted to call him Eric. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess it's closer. Um, the kids see that he's just been doing like this little sketch work and sees another sketch of a lady's face. And the sketches are okay, but they're not like... And the kids are like coveting the, and like they all want this picture from this strange adult on the... And it was like, what world is this that these kids are fighting or this dumb picture. <laughs> so then he he gets invited to help um, art salesmen at the Boys and Girls Club teaching um, art, which he uh, initially says no to because he's trying to keep a low profile, but then decides to come help out and then teaches them a a beginner's figure drawing class for children, which was ambitious to say the <laughs> least, but <laughs> um, we see outside of that building too, where they're like putting up a big, huge mural on the wall and two of the teenage boys are painting it all in. And the two teenage boys get in a fight like that. Your hair is supposed to be yellow, not orange. And they're fighting and like getting in each other's faces. And Richard Burke wanders by and sees them fighting and says, Hey, 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 work it out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And walks away. I'm like, what? and they do, and they do. Of course, I was like, oh, in childcare, maybe I just should have been kindly work asked, and telling them work, it, work out. it out. So yes, we get to see his prowess with uh, with 
children, uh, commanding children. Um, uh, another location I noticed was uh, Hippo Hardware. Oh, I, for what scene? They it was uh, one of the scenes. I feel like half this movie, Richard, is uh, on a payphone. This yes. I called. I was There's about to call so this many payphones phone this booth. The movie. One of my intros. Oh, did Brian lose? I lost. I lost everything. You lost all. Say, <laughs> I lost everything. I lost headphones at least. Uh, oh, there it goes. Yeah, it was just a cable. <laughs> all good. No. Uh, no. 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 Oh, ki- yes and no. C- Clippy. Uh, we'll try just try a different port. Clippy is saying, "We're sorry. Are you trying to discuss Spy the movie? <laughs> I will take that away from I- you." Yes. Uh, so yeah, th- th- uh, there was one scene. Uh, well, like I said, uh, most of this film uh, for the runtime, Richard is uh, talking on a payphone. He just yeah. goes from like payphone to payphone. Because <laughs> yeah, he is trying to keep his anim- an- anonymity, but it really was. And I don't. They have clearly phone booths used to be everywhere. But my comment was this: this movie has more phone booths than the movie Phone Booth, which is <laughs> technically true, but and, it and- was really. Or probably Superman too. <laughs> That'd be funny if he's in one in the back, and the other one, Superman's changing uh-huh. and just flies off. But uh, one of those phone booths towards the end of the film was uh, right in front of Hippo Hardware. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, there's like those uh, pillars in front of the store that you can see. Oh, is that where Art Salesman is? That yeah, on his. Oh, yes, okay. Yes. Oh, good. I was hoping that somebody would recognize that because there was a, a lot of yeah, a lot of street level uh, views in this. Um, and then at the very end of the film, in the credits, uh, they thank a couple of places that I had questions about. Did you like, did you see those? Uh, yeah, we had... Um, Kuppenheimers? Oh, yes, which is something that sounds familiar to me, and I can't place my finger on why Well, I guess why we're just going to have to Google it right now in real uh, yeah, time. Yeah, the Saturday Market Bike Gallery. Um, I didn't see... I mean, maybe Bike Gallery lent them some bikes, but I didn't see anything Yeah, I didn't in see a, a location gallery. there. And then the Art Institute was another one, and some lady named Laura Rose Paul. I can't remember what Kuppenheimer's is, but that is a name that at least sounds familiar. Okay. Kuppenheimer's is a men's clothing manufacturing and retail operation based in Chicago. Oh, it's not even hmm. important. So maybe they thing. just maybe they just provided him some clothes. Some clothes. Huh. Some of those Cosby sweaters came straight from Kuppenheimer's. Um, let's see. Oh, we do see um, the guy from L.A. Law get shot. What, did he get shot? No, he didn't get shot at Saturday Market. Um, he gets shot like pretty, pretty early in on the movie. And I'm like, he must be coming back because he is the only person like famous person in this movie. So that they stunt casted that and and projected that he's going to have a surprise (laughs) return towards the end of the movie. Um, but yeah, Catherine Hicks, every time I said, Catherine Hicks is great. He's animated cardboard just a whole she was so good in this and so compelling i do wish there was a little bit more of her because i feel like she reacted appropriately to the situations like him having a new face and (laughs) her seeing some guy blown to pieces in in skyline (laughs) diner and so she really kind of grounded this movie in a way that i don't think anyone else was doing i really liked how um the scene played out at skyline tavern where uh, they were waiting for uh, Richard to show up, and um, she was supposed to let her her new boyfriend know when she saw him, and she suspects that something is up. So she, uh, in, instead of waiting until Richard shows up, um, she just uh, sees someone else show up, and she, she's like, oh, that's him, and then wondering to see what his reaction would be. <laughs> 
and his reaction. And at this point, she's just kind of mildly suspecting that he might be at least in on this plot to get right. And so when she when she says that's him, he gets out of the car, walks over to the that other car that she identified, and he taps on the roof of the car. And then he walks away. And then no less than 20 gunmen just pull, get out of other cars in the parking lot and unload on that car. <laughs> there were so many gunmen. It was like that Godfather scene or whatever. The, the toll booth just lighting up some poor stranger who just wanted to get a burger at Skyline and, Tavern. And she's like, oh, shit. What did what I just happened? do? Right. Yeah, and it was. I did appreciate the movie at least had her wrestle with that in the next scene because usually it's because yeah, that was just some innocent guy. It wasn't (laughs) just blown to pieces. Yeah, no, her reaction was great. It it was a very much like what the fuck. (laughs) Totally. Um, Should we try to play a place? I just wanted to get his acting versus her acting. So go around like thirty-one minutes or thirty-one ten. And they're having, I think, is when the conversation of, of he's trying to convince her that it is, I am your ex-husband, even though I have this new face. I helped you, but now I'm not sure. <laughs> That's so much worse than headphones. Look, this was a mistake. I should have waited till they had more information. Listen, I'm going to give you a number where you can contact me for any reason, even if something doesn't feel right. Richard, wait. I'm sorry. For what? For everything. <laughs> the past. My past. Anyway, yeah, that's that's enough. But I mean, just so, and I, 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 I don't know what he was going. I'm assuming he was doing that because that's what he was directed to do. He seems like a competent enough actor that. Right. Yeah. And, you know, he's supposed to be the. Uh, macho macho stoic uh, man of a few words yeah but yeah wow so especially compared to to her I mean, she did get a little background music when she started talking which probably fooled me into thinking it was better than it was but compared to him uh something else to listen to mark uh can you pull up 20 minutes and 30 seconds yep i think that was our favorite quote from the film um just a reminder that uh, this this film is is what used to pass for entertainment. Oh. She's not bad, Eric. Come on, man. What is it? Are you gay or something? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Okay, you're just weird. <laughs> but as Mark was saying beforehand, for this being 1989, right? I mean, even acknowledging right. gay people existed Exist. was a huge thing, that's and terrible. that was pretty of like a huh. Not really like your weird, weird didn't seem pejorative. No, no as it, much as it is a pejorative, like, you know. Well, you're not interested in, in girls. Are, yeah. are you gay? Like, yeah. gay, just weird. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're just weird. Yeah. You're just different. So, yeah, for, for it being 1989, and, and uh, I thought that was, I did feel like there was a scene in a gym too that felt very much the same as the one movie that I can't remember but had Brendan Fraser in it for like two seconds at the oh, they were playing measures, basketball in that measures. no that I mean he was in that measures. but um, the one we watched like two weeks ago uh-huh. we oh Child remember. of Darkness oh. Child of Light yes, uh, yes they had that conversation in the gym and I was like this looks like the exact same gym as Child of Darkness Child of Light maybe is it Reed 
Oh, that could be. Because they, they were, they were playing that game at Reed. Everything is at Reed. That's what I'm just right. <laughs> Everything I don't know happens um, at Reed. So he's getting, he shows up with his new face to his ex-wife and was like, I'm worried for your safety. I just want to let you know that you might be in danger. And she's like, oh, I'll be fine. And she's mad that he came back and because she's dating someone new. And so Richard Burke um, says, well, how long have you been known this guy? And she's like, well, I've been together for a long time. I've met his friends, his family. I've been to his work and like all that checks out. And um, so they then kind of all she brings the new boyfriend kind of in on it because she can't keep a secret and doesn't want to keep it a secret from him. And so they're all kind of conspiring to um, figure out how to get rid of or escape or whatever. And that's when we get Skyline because the ex-wife is starting to wonder, well, maybe he is a spy like the ex-husband thinks. Um, so at the end, he is being chased and they're driving through these hills or whatever. Richard Burke blows up a tree. The whole trunk falls onto the road. Like things are starting to escalate. They're shooting at each other in the cars. Um, David, who is the art salesman guy, gets shot. Suddenly has a wife? Question mark. I don't know. There's suddenly a person in the yeah. last 20 minutes of this movie that seemed important. He's had a wife. He's... He, uh... Not not wife. Uh, they were they were dating dating or something. They introduced her when they introduced the kids. Right. It, oh yeah. They're like oh I must the have kids. missed her. Ah, she's not one of the kids. Yeah. She's, oh, she's with me. I do. These are my that. kids, uh, but not her. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's right. <laughs> that's right. But um, then she does disappear for the bulk of the movie, and then at the end is like she's we, just inconsolable. And the movie is acting it's like she's been there the whole time. And I was so, like, who's this lady? So, but that scene that you're talking about, um, it, it's when uh, Richard is trying to meet up uh, with David uh, and hitch a ride, and then all, together they would all escape. And uh, Richard instructs them to, you know, drive in your car, go a mile, stop, pull over. And it looks like they're ending up somewhere like Mount Tabor. It's kind of like a park. Yeah, yeah. And he's being very discreet and everything. And then as soon as he sees the car, he like screams at the top of his lungs. Right there. <laughs> I did notice that. I was like, you know, you can probably be a little quieter. Um, oh, the name. Oh, this is so embarrassing. So the name Richard Burke just keeps sounding really familiar to me. I'm like, oh, maybe there's like Richard Burton or maybe that's what I'm thinking of. And so I I Google Richard Burke and the official thing that comes up, which looks like a person, is Tom Selleck's character in Friends. Oh. <laughs> and they have him as if he's like... <laughs> a real person that we're all looking up, which oh. I guess I was, but <laughs> Thanks, that's Google. probably why I was thinking his name was so familiar. Hmm. Oh, that's funny. Um, but after, after all that, so after they are getting shot at and David, the art seller guy gets sh shot and then dies. I thought he was going to come back at the end, dies on the sidewalk in front of lady that's been <laughs> reintroduced. Then Richard Burke just goes back to his house like he's not fleeing. He's not, he just walks in. He like casually tosses his keys. And then I couldn't figure out, well, he was in a loft, but maybe he just has a loft to paint because then he lived in a very nice house. Yes. And that's where he, uh, stashes the girl uh, and he has guns there. Like a safe and, house. So yeah, I, I couldn't, was, I didn't know where that house came yeah, from. Yeah. He just kind of casually went back there, even though everyone on earth is chasing him. Is, isn't that, um, <laughs> 
Catherine Hicks's house? house? Could be. Maybe. Because she was an artist as well, and there's art there. Oh, like, okay. That's so that maybe that could of, be then. So that's what I always... Yeah, well, even they so, didn't it's like it. it's a very like the first place they're gonna check. Right, totally. <laughs> people have bothered to to hire twenty five people to gun down a stranger <laughs> at Skyline Tavern. It's probably gonna check your house to see if you're there. Um, One thing that I thought was hilarious when this movie started, uh, so you have the intro credits and, you know, starring, special guest star and all that. And then uh, it it has a uh, establishing or maybe it was like one year later or one year earlier or something. But it was the exact same font as all the stars. So (laughs) it just kind of seamlessly blended. And then you're just like, oh, wait, I think this is. is, So it's like they they only had budget for one font, I guess. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. So uh, uh, the plot comes to a point where he realizes that a character played by Ned Beatty was responsible for this thing in South uh, South America that has caused all this problems um, and is now trying to hunt Richard Burke down. Ned Beatty is um, there's a confrontation. Uh, Ned Beatty was jogging. I'm sure Ned Beatty does a lot. If you see <laughs> Ned Beatty running through the forest, taking his morning jog, comes across Richard Burke. Richard Burke has a gun. Ned Beatty does that thing. I wrote down where would where would movies be without the full expositional speech of a villain at the very <laughs> last thing where they could just shoot him and get the story over with. What's great is the character acknowledged that. Yeah, and, and it was like, I went there to record him. You know, he's a speech maker. Yeah, I did appreciate that they at least was like, oh, he's known for that. <laughs> Giant exposition dumps totally. <laughs> at the end of projects that we all know about because we were all involved in that project. <laughs> so Ned Beatty gives, yeah, a whole speech of like, it was my fault. We blame it on you, blah, blah, blah. Um, Burke records it. They get in a tussle. Ned Beatty, man, tussling a tussling oh, at the I, storm, man. He's big but lithe. <laughs> it reminded me of the scene of uh, in in Borat uh, when he's wrestling with <laughs> the big naked guy. Yeah. <laughs> so they tussle. Ned Beatty ends up getting. Um, oh wait. Oh yeah. He ends up shooting Ned Beatty and, and killing Ned Beatty, but he still has the proof. Then at the end, they go to the him and his ex-wife, who are now um, getting back together, go to the Fox Theater, and they walk in, and it's all dark except for the spotlight. Ned Beatty is standing in the no, um, L.A. Law is standing in the spotlight, and is saying like, "Congratulations, we've all made it through," or whatever. But um, Richard Burke is like had somehow figured out through that because of what Ned Beatty said that L.A. Law was also one of the bad guys. And then they're all in this darkened theater and L.A. Law says something. Oh, no. Richard Burke is like, I have this all on tape, which I am not going to use unless you come after me. So it was Richard Burke's guarantee that I have this information that could come come out. Leave me alone and it'll be safe with me. Right. And so L.A. Law is like all pissed and walks out. And I forget what his line is, says his like exit line and then like screws in a light bulb 
and they all look at this lamp and then he leaves i'm like that was weird oh, okay yeah. so i didn't no, I was, I was, did i miss no i was, I was also was confused super weird some sort of you, you ongoing think that, yeah that there's something going on with this light and you know why do we just suddenly get this light turned it's gonna on explode or something that yeah, all, and they yeah. kind of look at the light and then they're just like oh okay <laughs> okay bye I was like, this is a terrible... Me-. Yeah, because then the movie just <clears throat> abruptly... Before somebody says... Oh, before Richard Burke is like, I'm going to go bust him out. Like saying that, like, my story's not done. I've got to go perform justice and break him out. And I'm like, well, who's him? I don't remember that. Okay, remember. well, maybe I was <laughs> not meant to hear that. Because I was like, who? <laughs> they were at the boys and... Oh, this was when they went to the boys and girls. Because the very last scene is... We don't see them at the boys and girls clubs. We just see the boy and girls club from across the street and we hear dialogue of him there. And I think he's talking to the girlfriend of the art salesman and says something like, I've got to go break him out. So I was like, well, did art salesman live and is like at a hospital somewhere? No. Can we play that? If it's annoying, I'll cut it out. But I just like to hear it's the very last scene. So this is them leaving the theater and now they're arriving at the school. I have to tell the kids what happened to David. I mean, I realized I was just gonna tell them a bunch of lies and it'd be the same thing all over again. I'm gonna use the tape on Ludlow. I'm gonna bust him now. Bust him now. And so he's Oh, bust him now. Bust him now. And so he's going to take down Ludlow. Okay. Yep. Which is right. must be LA Law. <clears throat> right. Okay. Okay. So I oh. misheard that as bust him out. Also found that one scene, the apartments down by oh, yeah. the, is that the off tracks. McAdam? Oh yeah, yeah that's totally it's, it. it's down by McAdam. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And then the movie yeah, just suddenly kind of abruptly ends like a lot of these TV movies do. They got they got an ad coming up and they fade to black. Yep. <laughs> suddenly it's the end. So, um, yeah, they think the bike bike gallery and the art. It was neat to see the art museum in that that uh, area of, of the park blocks. We get yep. a lot of where we used to work in front of in the South Park blocks. But wow. Anything left to say about spy spy? It really felt like we just uh, chewed up last uh, month's movie and then chew, chewed up that cardboard, spit it out, let it dry, and then ate it, <laughs> ate it again this I month. I mean, even the, when you handed me the side of the box, it almost looked like it was – the design isn't terrible, but it's so sparse that I thought like a friend made it or something like that. Like the side is just the word spy and – impact font with two lines next to it and that's it there's a color gradient and but i I think i think perhaps we're we've we've discovered that this is what the tv movies are and they are designed to be this way the the thought of a tv movie filmed in portland is is much better than the the execution (laughs) yes well we've discovered that with a lot of our movies i do wish i wanted to mention this way at the beginning maybe i'll just excerpt this out and plop it in the beginning because last night I went to the Clinton street theater uh, to see a film by a guy who grew up in Granger, Washington. Now Granger, Washington is like 2000 people. It's next to the city of Sunnyside where my parents live. Sunnyside has maybe 15,000 people in it, but it's Farmingtown in the middle of in between Yakima and tri cities. It's just in the middle in the farmland. And so years ago I'd seen, um, one of my a friend that I knew was like, oh, I was an extra in a movie that was shooting around Granger. And I'm like, 
what? 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 <laughs> Say the, all those what? words again. <laughs> and so I was so kid. She's like, yeah, it shot Granger and Yakima and just all around the valley. And I was like, well, I, I got to get my eyes on this. Like what kind of art comes out of here? Like, and so I ended up, it was on, you know, Amazon or something like that. So I rented, it's called cement suitcase and it was really well done and funny and like shot well and active. I was like, wow, that's, that's quite something. And so he, for the last couple of years, I think he made the movie in 2020, 21. Um, and he's been showing it around every, he's been to Europe film festival. He's like been shopping around all these things. And so I've been following, uh, him on uh, the movie on Facebook and they finally got, got to the Clinton theater last night. And so I went and saw it. this surrealistic office comedy that um is all about this um you know kind of disaffected terrible office spacey type place to work the guy and girl the young guy and girl that work there get involved in this underground filing competition and it's like shot like fight club but they're like filing and like it it's <laughs> it's so it i it's not a perfect movie but it's it's just kind of a really fun it's shot well it's directed well the acting is phenomenal there's like a side a bunch of kooky side characters and one of them is this boss named Vasquez and he there's a Q&A at the end and he was like yeah Vasquez that guy just is Vasquez and he just improvised most of the crazy things that he says because he's just this like clueless boss and at one point he accidentally fires himself and has to hire himself as a temporary while he's rehiring himself and it's just it's really funny but um it will be coming to all uh streaming platforms to rent um I think on October 5 it's called All Sorts um and it's totally worth checking out and it was cool. really cool shot and I Fun. We're at the point where Yakima at the movies has now better quality than nice. Portland at the movies, which is not great. But, uh, um, where did you say you saw it? The Clinton I saw it at Clinton Theater. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So when the, the composer was there and then the director. So <laughs> after kind of befriending the director, um, kind of commiserating over Granger and stuff like that uh, over the last couple of years, we finally met in person. So that was kind of cool, nice. too. But yeah, All Sorts is the name of, of that movie. But just pretty fun so i wish we all could have watched and discussed that (laughs) (laughs) um other than that you can hear more on fun employment radio where you can hear our shows Uh, greg and sarah just went to uh amsterdam to host the microsoft booth at the big international bigwig fiesta or whatever it was called um and had a really good time they confirmed that yes dutch people are gigantic they are tower over and poor greg who's calls himself a short american he's a little shorter he's like all the counters all the railings everything is like built for tall people like as opposed to here where everything's built for short people so that was super funny so they uh, recapped their whole trip over a couple days um last week so be sure to catch that uh funemploymentradio.com geek in the city is also there um, anything coming up for the Unipiper? We're kind of winding down summer. We, you and I had KuvCon. That was so much fun. Last week, that was so fun. It was just a... It was a blast. ...convention. At the mall. Just a general one, yeah, at yeah. the Vancouver Mall, which was set up to be a Portland at the movies movie-esque experience of terribleness. But I, I got was... to play my bagpipes for uh, Yuri from Stranger Things, <laughs> and yes. he danced a jig. And, and uh, Lady Teen Wolf was there. I Lady... like how you keep leaving her out of the story. <laughs> 
I just assume that if I have no idea who she is, that nobody else is going to know who she Aww. is. Even though she has like six million followers on Jeez. Instagram. Yeah, that show was six seasons in a movie. Lady Team. I just like saying Lady Team. <laughs> <laughs> Lydia from Teen Wolf, I guess, if we have any fans uh, yeah, so we're listening. Sorry. If yeah. she's listening, she's now a huge Unipiper fan. Now she's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just too nervous to talk to him. <laughs> she was she was telling me all about her recent uh, trip to Burning Man. So, oh, funny. Uh, maybe if I make it out to Burning Man when you're all run into her. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i say yeah kuvcon huge success uh you will be at the retro gaming convention yes coming up uh the mi- mid october as will you as will i yes um uh, selling selling my notebooks once again to to the public which was very fun so if people have a uh, notebook uh request uh they should get those in right now that's right that's right sadly i don't have tank girl which is apparently all people want now uh, mark anything exciting coming up in your life that would you like to f- forward promote as they say uh no uh, when we're not recording this where we do uh something else uh <laughs> the mark and todd cast and uh talk about science and and things going on around portland yes uh our next show will be busy because i've flagged lots of news over the last couple of weeks um and you, our week- last episode was filmed live from the unipiper's table <laughs> you guys kind of took over my table while i we wasn't did, there and until i had posted the show i'm like Oh, we never had Brian on. <laughs> you were too busy piping for. You, you could have said nothing, and I would have. It would have been a surprise to me that you were broadcasting live from my table. <laughs> you were busy with your Hollywood friends doing your Hollywood thing. So yeah, check that out if you want some good ASMR from from the mall, the busy mall floor. So uh, next month is October, though, so uh, I'm gonna dig deep and find uh, some sort of horror film. For, for next oh, perfect. month. Yeah, there are a couple ones and yeah. a couple ones that are actually legitimately good from um, I've seen one and, and heard another one was good, but um, hoping. Yeah, it's always horror movies are kind of good because usually they're either decent or terrible. Yeah. And so that'll be, I think, fun, fun either way. Well, that's exciting. Um, other than that, we'll take you out. <laughs> you should just play the horrible, no, the horrible static noise. <laughs> <laughs> that's like anti ASMR. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll figure out something to take. But thank you for listening. Uh, we will talk to you later. 